0: APM reports, this is Educate, a collaboration with the Heckinger Report. I'm Stephen Smith. In this episode, we go to Bowling Green, Kentucky, to a public high school where every student is an immigrant trying to learn English.
1: Right now, I'm at lunch with my friends, and we just got to the lunch.
0: Zaid Ali is sitting at a lunch table with his friends.
1: I mean, our, our goalkeeper wasn't
0: good enough, but their, their goalkeeper, he was kind of good. We're talking about their soccer team. It's undefeated. Zaid is a refugee from Iraq. His lunchmates are all refugees as well, from Somalia, Ethiopia, Burma, and Congo. They go to the Geo International High School in Bowling Green, Kentucky. Bowling Green is a really nice place. It's calm,
1: and it's not really expensive.
2: Bowling Green has taken in about 3,000 refugees in the last five years.
0: That's Meredith Kolladner. She's a reporter with the Heckinger Report. Meredith has been working on a story about the GEO International School in Bowling Green, which just opened this year.
2: The atmosphere is one where they just, they are really, really trying to learn English. It's like they know that their future in this country depends on that. And the head of the English Language Learner Division there kept seeing um, immigrants and refugees who were coming into the country at age 16, 17, 18, going into the big high schools with no English and sometimes having not been totally literate in their home language, and then they would have to find a way to get their degrees, and it was just rushed and not that effective. He said it was like keeping them up at night. People just, they weren't making it.
0: English language learners are the least likely to graduate from high school when compared to other groups of students. First school I went to was Warren Central. It's, it's a public school. This is Zaid again, the student
1: from Iraq. And he wasn't very good for me. It's not because the school wasn't good. It's that I didn't speak English, and it was really hard for me to follow up with instruction and adapt to the new education system.
2: One of the teachers said to me, they were like, you know, these these big high schools, they're used to lecturing, and lecturing is the death knell for English language learners. They just cannot keep up.
0: When English language learners arrive in American public schools, they're put in ESL classes to learn English. But they typically go straight into other classes as well math, science, social studies, with native English speakers. The idea is they'll pick up the language eventually, and they're often discouraged from using their native languages. They might even get in trouble for it. That's the way things used to be for English language learners in Bowling Green, but not at the Geo school. We got rid of the square root, right? Okay.
3: Zaid is correct.
0: That's Zaid in his Algebra II class. When he first came to the United States three years ago, He knew some English, but he says he could barely put a whole sentence together. Now his English is good, and he uses it to translate some of the teacher's lessons into Arabic for a classmate.
4: I guess I was kind of under the impression that uh, these students are in the United States, and the best way to learn English is to speak English and only English.
0: Will Spalding teaches history at GEO International School. He used to teach in a traditional high school.
4: And that if they were talking in their native language, then they must be trying to cheat or they must be trying to say something that they didn't want me to hear.
0: But Will Spalding noticed that many of his English language learners weren't doing well. He jumped at the chance to teach at GEO because the approach is so different. There is very little lecturing, for example. The school focuses on what's known as project-based learning. Lots of hands-on activities and group work. And all of the teachers get trained in how to teach English, not just the ESL teachers.
5: Language is part of every subject area. And if teachers aren't paying attention to language and language development all day long, then students aren't going to learn to their fullest potential. I'm Joe Luft. I'm the executive director at International Network for Public Schools in New York.
0: The Internationals Network is a group of public schools in New York City that the folks in Bowling Green used as a model for Geo International. The Internationals Network started back in the 1980s when New York saw a big growth in its immigrant population. The founders thought they could improve on the way ESL was taught.
5: The traditional model is that uh, content area teachers at the high school level teach content but don't necessarily think of themselves as language teachers. English
0: language learners can fall behind in subjects like math and science because they're lost when it comes to the language. Then they're treated like they're deficient in all academic areas. Or as happened to Zaid, the student from Iraq, they're not allowed to move into high-level classes in subjects like science or engineering until they have mastered English. Joe Luft says one of the goals of the international schools is to recognize that immigrant students come in with a variety of skills and prior knowledge.
5: Part of it's an expectation and a mindset that you actually see these students as coming in with assets that they bring to the school and to the community. Um, Rather than seeing them as students who are lacking something, if you see them as emergent bilingual, multilingual students who are coming in with knowledge of another language and knowledge of another culture that can actually add something and can be used as an asset to build off of, I think that's a really important part of the way that we've always viewed this work.
0: But of course, there is some knowledge that immigrant students are often missing, says Will Spaulding, the history teacher at the GEO International High School in Bowling Green.
4: For our students who don't have the background knowledge for what is the American Revolution, what is the Civil War, you know, things like that, I had to spend a lot more time on earlier topics that would in a normal American class we kind of breeze over because
0: they had had that in eighth grade or they had been taught that growing up. Will Spalding weaves many lessons on American culture into his history units. Reporter Meredith Kalodner got to watch him in the classroom.
2: He was doing a lesson about the civil rights movement to students who were of all different racial backgrounds but had no idea what the civil rights movement even was. So there's no background knowledge coming in. And then there's the language gap. And so he's saying to people, okay, well, this is who Jackie Robinson was. He was um, the first black athlete to play on a major league baseball team. And then he stopped and he said, so what's an athlete? And like only two hands went up. So somebody so he said, can you explain? And so he explained, and then you would watch the students translate to one another if somebody didn't understand. And then he said, okay, so do you guys know what baseball is? And only one hand went up. So then he said, okay, he pointed to a student who uh, was in a Kenyan refugee camp for a while, and he said, "Uh, so what's cricket? Can you explain to people what cricket is? And so then he explained cricket, and so then he said it's similar to that. And so he could have just blown by that whole sentence, and students would have no idea what he was talking about. You know, uh, an athlete who plays baseball. Neither of those words would have meant anything. But he stopped and he had a picture of Jackie Robinson and a picture of him with the baseball bat and the, you know, home plate and the whole um, baseball field. And so he kept the students with him. You could tell they were engaged
0: first year at GEO has been a learning process both in and out of the classroom. Not only are students learning English and catching up on background knowledge that their American peers already have, but half the students at GEO are refugees, and many of them have experienced trauma. I came to the United States because mainly was my country
1: wasn't didn't have peace and there was kidnaps and bombs. And it was dangerous for us to live there.
2: So Zaid came over from Iraq a few years ago, and uh, he lived about an hour outside of Baghdad. Um, and he said that the bombings really picked up once ISIS came into the town, and that they all really wanted to stay, but um, it just became too dangerous at, at some point. Um, and so soon after he witnessed the suicide bomber blowing himself up, they applied for refugee status.
0: Zayd ended up in Bowling Green because it's a refugee resettlement city.
2: Yeah, I mean, the principal had said to me the most important thing is that students feel safe here. And I think he meant emotionally safe and physically safe because I think every single student I spoke to had some story of um, not feeling safe in both of those ways. Uh, The student from Syria had been kidnapped for 24 days. Other students had lived in refugee camps for five, seven years, um, and lost family members.
0: Research shows that traumatic experiences can have an impact on a student's ability to learn. But funds are tight at GEO. There is a dedicated guidance counselor, but there is no mental health counselor based at the school. In New York, each international school typically has a team of school counselors, social workers, and community partners to help students with mental health needs. The staff and teachers at GEO say they're doing the best they can with limited resources. There are support staff available for students who are struggling with the effects of trauma. It also helps that so many of the students have similar experiences to share. But Meredith says there is also some concern that isolating immigrants in a separate school is a form of segregation.
2: When some folks in Maryland wanted to start one of these international schools that only enrolls students who are been in the country for four years and less and aren't fluent in English, the NAACP there actually raised some concerns, as did members of the school board. Um, they felt like it was possible that this was a form of segregation, and why would we want to put people just based on their nationality in a different school? The idea is that you, take, you teach people separately so that you make their integration into American life easier. So the internationals folks came down and explained the model and how they teach. And the people from the school board went up and visited the international schools, and they were convinced by what they saw.
0: Students need to be convinced, too. Meredith says some of the kids at GEO were worried that the school would be a dumping ground for English language learners who couldn't cut it in the regular school.
2: And I asked them, did you really want to come here and, and be in a separate school? Didn't How did you feel about that? And they said that at first, you know, one of them said, oh, I felt like they were trying to get rid of us, like they just wanted to kick us out. And another one said, I thought it wouldn't be rigorous enough, like this is just where they're putting everyone who can't speak English, and he wants to be an engineer, so he was resistant at first. But I don't think I talked to any student who was unhappy that they were there, they said... It's actually easier to learn English there because they do a lot of presentations there. They're very focused on vocabulary and speaking and learning English. So they have to stand up in front of the class and do a lot of presentations. And they said it's easier to do that when you know everyone in the classroom is struggling to learn English as well. And, you know, as a teenager, like, you don't want to be different than anyone in any way. So imagine standing up in front of a class full of English speakers uh, with your accent and not knowing all of the words and trying to do that. They just said it. they have an easier time practicing with one another.
0: The students and their parents seem happy. Enrollment for next year is almost at capacity. But there's no data yet on whether the GEO approach is more effective in Bowling Green than traditional schools in terms of numbers like graduation rates. But in New York, the Internationals model has been successful. Last year, 74% of the students at the Internationals schools graduated, compared with only 31% of English language learners in the city's traditional public high schools. Not every English learner in Bowling Green will get to go to GEO. Not everyone wants to. But school leaders hope what they're learning will help change the way that traditional public high schools in Bowling Green think about teaching English language learners for Zaid, being with other immigrants from all over the world, has worked better than the traditional high school. That's the thing that made me learn
1: English so fast, is that my friend, one of them was from Somalia, and the other guy was from Pakistan, so we didn't have a common language except English. And we were hang out after school, we go to gym, or we go play pool, or play bowling, and we we had to speak English. That's I mean, we didn't even make fun of each other. We make mistakes all the time. We correct each other. And the more we speak it,
0: the better we get. Zaid is getting ready to graduate from GEO in a few weeks. In the fall, he's heading to the University of Kentucky. He wants to become a petroleum engineer. You can learn more about GEO International School, including links to videos of GEO students doing their version of TED Talks at our website, educatepodcast.org. Reporter Meredith Kalodner is finishing up her story about the school, and we will post a link to the article when it's published. One more thing. We want to tell you about a documentary we made several years ago that looks at language learning from a different perspective, not what it's like for immigrant students to learn English in American schools, but what it's like for American kids to learn a foreign language and why it's important. Producer Samara Freemark and I visited an elementary school in the middle of Utah where little kids spend half their day learning in Chinese.
3: Ms. Sun switches over to the day's math lesson, addition and subtraction. She starts dotting circles on a whiteboard. One, two, three, four. How many total circles are there, she asks a quiet girl named Lily. Sixteen, says Lily. Is that right, Ms. Sun asks? Great, the kids yell, and she chants, Great, great, you're really great.
0: American kids learning in Chinese for half the day would have been unthinkable a generation ago. Psychologists actually cautioned against raising bilingual children. They warned parents and teachers that learning a second language as a child was bad for brain development. But recent studies have found exactly the opposite. Researchers now believe that when people learn another language, they develop cognitive advantages that improve their attention, self-control, and ability to deal with conflicting information. Here's producer Samara Freemark again from our 2014 documentary, The Science of Smart.
3: This model of language education is called dual immersion, and it's being repeated all over Utah in more than 100 schools with 25,000 students. Most of the teachers come through a partnership with the Chinese government to send native speakers to do stints in Utah schools. Today, there's a wait list and lottery to get into the immersion program at Arrowhead and at most of the state's immersion programs. In a few years, state officials hope to bring immersion education to every school district and every family that wants it in Utah.
0: The Science of Smart is an hour-long documentary that looks at several big ideas coming out of brain science about the best ways to learn. You can find the program at apmreports.org. Just go to the documentaries link. That's it for this episode. We'd love to hear from you. You can tell us how we're doing. Send a note to contact at apmreports.org. The Educate podcast is produced by Suzanne Pico and edited by Chris Julin. Emily Hanford is our senior producer. We'd like to give a special thanks to the students and staff at GEO International High School for their help in producing this episode. Thanks again to our partner, the Heckinger Report, a nonprofit, independent news organization focused on inequality and innovation in education. Support for APM Reports comes from Lumina Foundation and the Spencer Foundation. I'm Stephen Smith. Thanks for listening. This is APM.